The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And in our first half hour, we're going to talk about good communication skills. But we're also going to talk about them through something that so many of us use when we are either texting or we're online or we're emailing, and it's the emoji And for those of you who don't know what the emoji is, it's those little faces and little symbols that we often add to the end of our texts and emails. With over 74% of Americans using an average of 96 emojis every day in text, social media, and emails, those little digital icons are used to express emotion that have really become an integral part of our communication. They started in the late 1990s in Japan, And now there are over 1,600 in use, with 6 billion of these icons being sent every day. And to talk about this and more is communication expert Leslie Shore. And her book is Listen to Succeed. She has an MA in Human Development at St. Mary's University, and she's the owner of Listen to Succeed, which is a consultancy that focuses on using listening analytics to help clients achieve their highest level of effective communication and her book listen to succeed and its companion listening analytics tool which is listening effectiveness profile is used in universities and businesses and nonprofits throughout the united states and canada so um welcome leslie thank you so much patricia yeah yeah great to have you on all right let's talk about first of all explain to us the word emoji how it got the word it says if it was used in japan it sounds like a japanese word and what it really means (laughs) it kind of is uh, but the the root of it in terms of uh english speaking is the emo for emotion and the ji is a kind of a normal um uh, ending for Japanese words, so the folks that put it together and knew that they were going to be uh, bringing it to the world put it together and created the word emoji. Interesting. And, I mean, I have my reason for why I think they're popular, but why do you think they're so popular? Why are they so used? Well, the reality is that when you are texting you do not have the capability of, unless you use extremely uh, descriptive adjectives, emotional adjectives, you really are not able to get across how you are feeling. And that's what emojis are all about. So it's a graphical way of getting that information to the person who's receiving your text. And it's simple and it's easy. And with a plethora of emoji that continue to come 
<laughs> into service, um, there's, there's nothing you can't emote with an emoji. Mm, yeah, I feel that with you. I mean, I know when I've worked with communications, I know that the statistics are that when we communicate with someone, 55% is our body language. So that's when we're in person. And then 38% is our tone and 7% is words. So if we're not using any emoji or anything else and we're just writing, we only have 7% of our communication available to us. Correct? So that would make a re- also add to the reason why people would use emojis. Absolutely. And I think that in the change of how we communicate, we have been struggling to figure out how to commu- communicate in text, which is supposed to be short form, but we mm. do want to get that tone and emotion yeah. across. Well, and, and I think there's been a lot of things. misunderstanding because of this. I mean, you know, I've had people you know, say things because I've written something and I didn't mean it that way at all. So, I mean, sometimes it, without the other parts of communication, it gets, it can get confusing or misconstrued. You're absolutely right. And I think those who use emojis well use it as a clarification tool because sometimes people can use sarcasm and or not text something well but the emoji saves them because the person who's receiving it knows now yes. what, they're, what they're really trying to say. So yes. it's a clarification tool, and it can also be an exclamation point. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, very well said. How do you use emojis in your work? Well... I actually didn't start using them until I realized that my nieces and nephews, this is the only way that they uh, would communicate is through text. And I realized that as a boomer, I had to get with the program and be able to deal with my millennial relatives in a way that they wanted to communicate. So emojis then became part of my vocabulary because that's what they were using. So I mm-hmm. learned how to make sure that I could do that with them. Yeah. Do you think there are some drawbacks to using them? When shouldn't you use them? And when should you use them? Well, there definitely are drawbacks. Um, other than the happy face, which everybody knows what it means, there are some emojis that you might use that culturally depending on who you're sending the to, would send the wrong message. So you have to be really aware of who your receiver is. Um, it's not very personal, so that's the second reason. And the biggest issue, I think, is that an overuse of emoji can make the person who's sending it look inarticulate or lazy. That's why I call it the exclamation point or a clarification, using it for clarification. But your text still has to actually be clear, and you can't substitute emojis for thought. Emojis are emotion. You still have to have the thinking in the text. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I find them very effective. You know, for example, um, I was telling someone that I had met with someone and I had a great time. And so I put like a big smiley face and a little dancing person. 
And I thought that was so, you know, it was just great because I couldn't even say it that way. But it showed that I was, you know, very happy and, you know, very gleeful, uh, if that's a word. So it, it, it just sometimes, as we say, the picture is a thousand words. I felt it really expressed it well. I totally agree with you, and that's the plus part of emojis. Right. Um, I think it's absolutely marvelous when, when you are even just thinking of someone and just have a smile on your face. Sending a text that even has just a thinking of you and a couple of emojis, that can make their day because they know they're being thought of. And that's a wonderful relationship uh, builder. Uh, as, as well as a, a maintenance thing, shall we say. Um, and also that some emojis, neuroscientists have found, that when you get a smiley face emoji, you react to it uh, in terms of your, um, your brain, you react to it exactly the same way as you would a smiling human face. Yes. And so yeah. that's a really wonderful positive thing. Interesting. Interesting. I have a friend that I haven't seen for a while, and I wrote and said, you know, whatever, call me when you're in town, and I look forward to seeing you. And I got back the thumbs up, you know, that big yellow, big thumbs up. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is very strong. I think It's not just like a smiley face. It's like, yes, I really want to see you. You know, that, that meant a lot to me, and I took it that way. I took it that this wasn't just, oh, yeah, I'll call you in town when I'm in town. It was more like, Yes, I do want to see you. And, and so I think in that way, I mean, maybe I'm reading into it, Leslie, but that's how I took it. No, you're not reading into it, as a matter of fact. And, and I think one of those things that we have to understand about emojis in terms of um, our use of them as uh, non-millennials is that they really are used to get across something specific yes. and quickly. Yep. And that thumbs up, is, as far as I'm concerned, just like a happy face um, in terms of how you feel because emojis are about feeling. Yep. So if that emoji makes you feel good, then it makes you feel good. It's how the receiver receives it. And I think it's wonderful that people are using it just as you send them something like my... Um, a uh, piece of artwork sold, and that's my third one this month. And if you just come back with a thumbs up immediately, they know they're being listened to. Yes, and you I don't have to go agree. any further than that. I, I agree. I mean, I think they're, uh, they're really adorable. I love them. I, I love them particularly. The, the smiley one with the little heart on the side of the face, it's a little kiss. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I use that with men and women and everybody. You know, um, it, it, because I just, I feel it's universal. It's kind of like, to me, that one's like the XO. You know, the little XO, hugs and kisses. Yeah, so absolutely. I really like that. All right, we've got a couple of minutes to break. So I'd like to, I'd like to segue a little bit into some of the other things you do as, as a preview to what we'll talk about when we come back after the break. But your work um, is very much about helping people identify and overcome barriers of effective listening. And so when we come back, I'd love you to talk about what some of those barriers are. But why do you think we have so much trouble listening? Do you think it's that we just get distracted? Do we have short attention spans? Do we get bored? Um, do we just have too much in our brains so we can't even, you know, we can't even listen because there's too much going on? What do you think? Or is it all of that, Leslie? 
I think part of the reality is that um, everybody thinks that they can listen because they can hear. And no one has taken the lead on letting people know that listening is a skill and a process. It's not taught in the schools. It's not even taught in medical schools. And I think there's just this myth and assumption that you can, that because you can hear, you know how to listen. And I think that's where the, the, the issue is. We've got to, we've got to explode that myth so that people realize that it's a skill that they can improve upon. And when that is improved upon, relationships, work, you name it, all get enhanced by the fact that you're listening more effectively. Very good. When we come back, we're going to talk about the eight major barriers to effective communication and you know how you can open those up. And um, the book is Listen to Succeed, How to Effectively and Identify and Overcome Barriers to Effective Listening. How can people get the book, Leslie? Well, it's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and also on my website, listen2see.com, along with the Listening Effectiveness uh, Profile, which is a personal, specific assessment of what your barriers are to effective listening. Well, I'm going to have to find that and take it. I really would love that because listening is my work. <laughs> so I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, and this book is for bosses and their teams. It's for students and teachers. It's for parents and children. It's for doctors and patients. It's for anyone and everyone who wants to build strong, productive, and thriving relationships. And it's never too late to become a more effective listener. So again, listen to succeed.com. And uh, Leslie Sher will be right back with us right after the break right here on the Voice America Network. And I'm Patricia Raskin, the voice of the Patricia Raskin Show on Voice America. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune into the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are back you are listening to the patricia raskin show and my guest is leslie shore and she's a communication expert. And we spent the first half talking about emojis, which are really fun. And her book is Listen to Succeed. Welcome back, Leslie. Um, tell us, let's talk about your book and about effective listening. What are the two key things that you think are most important to listening effectively? Uh. There are really two major things that I think are really important that are foundational. One is be present for the other person. And what that really means is be in their shoes 120%. And take what I call that film of ego out of the way so that what they're talking to you about comes in cleanly, and without any of that lovely judgment and um, biases. So it's really trying to say, take yourself out of, out, of, out of being you for the moment, because when you're listening, it really is all about them. So being present mm-hmm. is number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, and this was from my grandmother, mm-hmm. wait for the period at the end of the sentence before even formulating a reply. Honor the speaker by actually waiting until the end and think about what they're saying before you formulate a reply. It's difficult because Americans have problems with silence. You know, God forbid (laughs) that you have 10 seconds between when someone says something and you reply, but you honor the speaker by listening to the end and replying on all the information that you've got, not just part of it. So those are two major, major things that I think if people would keep in their mind, it would already begin to make them more effective in their listening. Mm. So review those two again. The first one is really stepping into their shoes, really being present and understanding their perspective, even if you don't agree. Absolutely. You can't agree or disagree if you don't listen to it all so you know what you're agreeing or disagreeing with. (laughs) And the second one again? And the second one is wait for the period at the end of the sentence before even formulating a reply. 
and that's uh, that's sometimes difficult for me, particularly when all the thoughts are rushing in. But I, I've gotten better at that, particularly as an interviewer. You know, when you're an interviewer, you really have to wait and you have to listen. It's it's as you said, it's a skill. It's a skill. Uh, the other it thing I I love. Yeah, and I'd love you to talk about this because I know you're going to talk about some barriers to communication. But here's a question that I have because it comes up for me. I'm, words are very important to me, and I'm very careful with my words. I really am. Even if I think something, I, you know, I will not say something that's going to damage you or hurt you or insult you because I think words can really hurt, and I think they cause a lot of damage if they're not used properly. That doesn't mean I can't express my thoughts. So I'd like you to talk about that, Leslie, about you know, being careful with the way we use our words because you, know, you can say something to someone and it can, you know, they can have 10 positive comments and you can come along and say, that was awful, you were terrible, and it can ruin everything, no matter how many great comments they got. So please address that. I think that's such a great comment, question, and statement all in one. <laughs> because what we have to realize is that as a listener and as someone who's communicating with others, you are so right that words can either uplift or they can push you down. They can make you feel great or they can make you feel badly. And word choice is absolutely huge in that. Tone is huge in that. Yes, yes. I, I had a boss at one point who used the word unacceptable in such a way Ugh. that I actually don't use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, and, and he used it as, as, a, um, uh, as, a, as a barb, as a way of pushing people's buttons. And so when we're speaking to other folks, my suggestion always is if you have something that is critical or something that you have a feeling the person will take negatively, start by reframing inside your head how can I say this in a way that would not be damaging, that in fact will be listened to? Because if you come off with a negative adjective or a negative tone, you will get resistance from that listener, from the person that you're speaking to. So it's always a question. If you use the word you at the beginning of the sentence, you've already lost them. (laughs) Exactly. It should be I, right? I feel... Yeah. You know what I I'm do really sometimes? Con- yeah, I ask a question. I'll say, you know, I understand your point, Leslie, but what do you think about this? Or, you know, sometimes I've heard this. Or, And sometimes I'll say, you know, I hear what you're saying, but the words you're using are very strong for me. I've said that to people. You know, when you say that, I feel whatever, whatever I'm feeling. So, I mean, what do you think? Well, you know, I think one of the things that's very important to understand is that we don't know what the other person's personal, family, business experience has been. And because we don't know what it is, when we are speaking with them, we have to look at their body language when we're using any kind of of adjective especially to see how it lands. For me, the word unacceptable is unacceptable, (laughs) <laughs> but no one can read my mind and, and know that. But as, as a listener and as a speaker in communication, 
looking at body language, if a word that you're using hits someone wrong, you will see it in their body language, in their Mm -hmm. facial expression. And you get a chance to have a do-over by saying, huh, something I said I have a feeling hit you wrong. Can you tell me what it is? Yeah, yeah. And and it's amazing because that clear communication makes such a difference. You know, the other thing, we have a couple minutes left. I'd like to ask you is about when you're not communicating and when you're letting those, like, for example, this boss that you had and you kept hearing that word unacceptable. You know, after a while, that's going to build up in you and build up in you and something's, something's going to happen. You're either going to leave or you're going to get angry or you're going to take it home and get a headache (laughs) <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or, you know, something's going to happen. So, so how do you, and I know this could be a whole interview, of how do you effectively communicate with people who, you know, are, you know, are difficult to communicate with or who you're afraid won't hear you or listen to you? Wow. I know, the it's a hard one. It's a long say, one. Yeah, it is, but I get it. <laughs> the first thing I would say is honesty at all times. Yeah. And for, for me, when someone uses a word or a tone, I look at them and I will say with a smile on my face, could you rephrase that? I'm not oh. getting it in the context that you gave it. It gives them a do-over without saying, hey, you need a do-over. Yeah. So I give yeah. them that opportunity and they can either be completely... Uh, not understand what I'm doing or they can understand because they're going, oh, there's something that I said that didn't come across well. So I want to give them a do-over. But the second thing is I will actually say to people that I know I'm going to be in relationship with in terms of work or whatever that a particular word does bother me. Sometimes I'll give them the why. And it's amazing how many people will, in my presence, change their normal word pattern or use of an adjective because they know that it offends me. And what's wonderful is that they do the same with me. They'll, they will tell me what they really do not like hearing, which is wonderful. That kind of honesty leads to much more effective listening and, more importantly, to better relationships, deeper relationships. Mm. Yeah, very much. Good. All right. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? What would be your closing message about good communication, about emojis, about listening? What would you say? Well, I would say to you that the best words I ever found on this was from Carl Manager who said, listening is a magnetic and strange thing, a creative force. The friends who listen to us are the ones we move toward. When we're listened to, it creates us and makes us unfold and expand. That's the power of listening. Again, how can people get your book? Uh, The Listen to Succeed, and it's available at listentosucceed.com and at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And I love the fact that uh, your listeners have a chance to understand uh, what listening can really do for them and for the people that they are in relationship with. Mm -hmm. 
Terrific. All right. And um, we do have one minute left. So just give us one other tip that you think would help us when we're, when we're communicating. I would say the final tip is know that when you are listening and communicating with another person or a group, you have an opportunity to lift them up, to enhance their self-esteem, and to take that opportunity every time you can, because when you do that with others, they will do that with you. And I think if we all did that with everyone, we would have many fewer conflicts, many fewer misunderstandings, Mm -hmm. and in actuality, we would have relationships that are based purely on wonderful, positive communication and depth. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. All right, Leslie Shore, again, talking about emojis. She's a communications expert and a listening expert. Her book is Listen to Succeed, How to Identify and Overcome Barriers to Effective Listening in All Parts of Your Life. Again, thank you, Leslie. It was really great. Well, really, my pleasure, Patricia. Thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, um, that wraps up the first half of this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Stay tuned. There's more. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.